Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, take out those worship guides. Inside are some sermon notes that you can follow along with me. A brand new series we are starting today called The King Has Come, where we're looking at what happened 2,000 years ago with Jesus coming to earth. I love the Christmas story. I love the Christmas season. And for the next three messages today, this Sunday, next Sunday, and then Christmas Eve, we're gonna do this series called The King Has Come and really look at what was talked about with Jesus' coming. And we're gonna look at it through a verse in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Isaiah, chapter nine. We're gonna see a a verse that was given 700 years before Jesus came. They were expecting the Messiah. They were waiting on him to come. And before he came as a baby, a prophet wrote and wrote down what we should call the child. Now this is a big deal because names have meaning. And names not just have meaning today, They have a lot of names um, have meaning back then. And so when the prophet spoke, he said, listen, this is what we're going to call him. And he gives us four names that we'll talk about over the next couple of weeks throughout this Christmas season of what Jesus means to us and the power he has to change your life. It's going to be amazing. But before I say what those names are, if you've ever had a child or been expecting at one minute, moment or another, you know what it's like to, to really find out a name for your child. It's a very stressful experience. And so it's caused a lot of conflict in Katie and I's life. We've had four children. And so those, all four of those kids, there was major debate over the name and prayer over the name. And, and sometimes, you know, Katie got the name she wanted. Sometimes I got the name I wanted. And it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of give and take. If you ever had a child, you know uh, how difficult that is. And people that are, have had children, the women in here are saying, yeah, I'm sure that's the most difficult part. But uh, for me, it was the most difficult part, okay? So, so what I thought I would do is I thought I would, uh, just for fun, I thought I would give you some of the rules that Katie and I have made of, of how to decide names and what names are off limits. So let me just help you. Maybe you're young adults or you're going to eventually have children one day or you're pregnant right now. Let me just give you some advice on, on names. First of all, here, here's one. If, if, you or if you have ever dated somebody or, or your spouse has ever dated somebody with a certain name, that name is off limits. Can I hear a good amen today? Like, it's off limits. Yeah, yeah, you have to agree with that one. Here's another one. If the person, just advice, I'm just being your pastor. If the person has ever been a dictator, um, murdered a lot of people, uh, like, like I, I, let me give you some examples. Adolf, um, Osama, Chucky. <laughs> just, just, just remove those names off of your list. Is that okay? Like, just, just some advice for somebody in here today. Um, here's a, wor- a rule. I didn't know this was a rule. Katie says it's a rule. Um, if, the, if the last letter of the first name is the same letter of the first letter of the last name, does that make sense? It, you can't name your child that. I, I didn't know this was a rule. Some of y'all are shocked by it right now. So for instance, we were thinking of naming our son Caleb, um, but Caleb ends with a B and then Burke starts with a B. So Katie says you can't name those together because when they say it, it's going to sound like Kayla Burke, like K-A-L-A. Does that make sense? And it's, it's just a rule. I'm just trying to help you so that you can name your children appropriately. All right, let, let me give you one more, all right, just because I, I, I love the unity of the body of Christ at every location. Someone of Brandon might need to hear this or the Heights. 
St. Pete, you, you might need to hear this. Um, if you and your friend are pregnant at the same time, and she tells you the name of her child, it doesn't matter what you were thinking about naming your kid, you do not change the name and take that name that she told you right there. That is not okay. Once she says the name, that name is off limits for you to name your child the same name. Can I hear a good amen from you ladies? Uh, no, 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 uh, I, got, I gotta give you one more just because I'm your pastor and I love y'all so much. This is for all of the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts, the people that are involved in everybody's life that is pregnant. Once they tell you the name, all opinions are off the table of what you think of the name. You don't say it and you lie and you tell them how beautiful that name is despite if it's true or not. Can I hear a good amen today, church? All right, all right. so names I'm needing. Just a little advice for you guys. So let's look at the names that the prophet says for Jesus. He says it like this in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. He says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulders, and then he said it like this, and he shall be called, how about at every location? St. Pete, say it with me. And he shall be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's say it one more time, but let's say it a little bit louder. Come on, Brandon, help me out. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Write it on your notes. Let's talk about it week one. I want to talk about Jesus as our wonderful counselor, our wonderful counselor. We need to have an experience today at every location with Jesus as our wonderful counselor. The words wonderful counselor are two words that are taken from two Hebrew words that I want to give you now because they'll help you understand these words a little bit more. The first one is a Hebrew word, Pele, and Pele says it like this. It means beyond understanding. Too wonderful for words. Pele is the way that Katie describes me as her husband. <laughs> I just can't put it into words. It's just beyond understanding. And, and when the prophet was thinking of, of Jesus, the coming Messiah, he describes him as wonderful. Pele, he says, you're not even gonna be able to understand it. It's gonna be beyond comprehension. It's like trying to explain a sunset to somebody or trying to explain what you, what you experience at the Grand Canyon or trying to exp explain what you experience every Sunday at Radiant Church. It's like, it's, it's beyond understanding. It's, it's one of those things that's beyond words. And, and I just want you to know, if you haven't met Jesus yet, I want you to know, and like, like I know that people have probably tried to convey what he's done in your life and, and it's been hard to receive it, the reason why is because we as followers of Jesus have a hard time putting into words how good he's really been, how amazing he's been to us. He's changed our life, and many times he is beyond our understanding how wonderful he is. Can anybody give a little bit of honor to the wonderful Jesus that we love and that we serve? But he doesn't just use the word Pele, he uses this other word called Yayats, sorry, Yachts. I messed that one up, the yachts. And it simply means this. It means to advise or to consult or to guide. It's the word that we translate to a counselor. It's this idea that, that you're gonna need a guide in your life. Life is confusing and life is, 
is, is sometimes it's, you don't understand what's next and what do we do? We need a guide to help move us through there. He says, listen, he's gonna be wonderful and he's gonna help move you from where you are, I love this, to where God wants you to be. You're not gonna have to do it on your own and I want everybody's attention across every location. There's a lot of you guys You've been guiding yourself through life and you go to pitfall after pitfall after pitfall, struggle after struggle after struggle. And I want you to know today, you're not supposed to be your guide. We can have the God of the universe, our counselor, come alongside of us and lead us into the greatness that he has for our life. Come on, we de- he deserves better praise than that. That's what he does in our life. He's our counselor. Now, now if you hear these words, you gotta understand, the very first thing he tells the, the, the people, he says, listen, here's who God is. He's going to be a wonderful counselor. Now, if you're not careful, that can be offensive. Think about that. Think about that. Listen, I know what you need in your life. You need a counselor. You're like, that's, that's a little intense. Like, what do you mean I need a counselor? Like, it was, it was the prophet's way of really giving us a hint that we've got some issues in our life that we need to work out. It's the equivalent of giving your wife a Peloton bike for Christmas. <laughs> just had to slip that in there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the idea, like, like I'm, just, I'm just giving you a hint, and here's what the prophet was saying, is you've got some issues in your life that you're going to, you're going to need a counselor to help work them out of your life. Now, I'm a very pro-counseling. I've gone to counseling many, many times. I've been to some good counselors, and I've been to some bad counselors before. Bad counselors, you're just trying to, they're just trying to get paid. They're, they're giving you kind of advice they give everybody else. But, man, there's something about a great counselor. Let me just be real with you. I'm a terrible counselor. I tried it my first few years of ministry, and, and I thought because I could preach, I can counsel. That doesn't work very well at all. Let me just say, uh, so many people would come to my office and they would come in with marriage problems and I was all ready to go, ready to give them counsel. They'd walk out with more marriage problems than they walked in with. I didn't understand it. People would walk in, you know, frustrated with life. They'd leave even more frustrated. I'm going, I'm just not good at this. So, so there's, there's something about having a good counselor. That's why in our church, we, we sub out to some great counselors, refer people to great counselors in times of grief and for their marriage and struggles. And, and we're very pro-counseling here. So I just want you to understand, when Jesus says he is a wonderful counselor, I want you to know he's one of the best you'll ever experience in your life. He'll step into your life in ways you never thought was possible. Hebrews says it this way. Let me just let you describe him as a wonderful counselor. He says, for we do not have a high priest, there it is, our our, our counselor, who is unable to empathize with us. I don't know if you ever had that situation where you're talking to someone, they're going, going, "I I get what you're going through, and you're like, no, you don't. I, I feel your pain. No, you don't. Jesus feels your pain, and he really does. Because he, the Bible says, was tempted in every way that we've been tempted, yet he didn't have any sin in his life. So he was able to walk in victory despite every single thing he's gone through. Then it says it like this in the next verse. It says, then let us approach the throne of grace with confidence to find mercy and to find grace in our, in our time of need. So when you come to Jesus, you can come with confidence that he wants to hear you out. He wants to deal with your issues because that is what his job is. He is a wonderful counselor. Can I hear a good amen today? So so that's why Jesus came. Actually, when we look at the life of Jesus, everywhere he went, he gravitated towards people who had issues. 
That should be good news for a lot of us today. You see him, he's going towards people who are sick. He's going towards people who are broken, who, those who are, who are discouraged. He's finding himself around some of the, the greatest lost people and sinners in the city. One time he called this one tax collector named Matthew, who, who, were, who were called like, they were like the most corrupt political leaders of the day. And he called them to follow Jesus. And Matthew left everything to follow Jesus. Matthew was so excited. He got all of his friends who were the tax collectors together. They gathered all together to have a big party with Jesus there. Jesus is in the midst of this party with all of these sinners, all of these people. And the religious leaders looked at him and said, oh man, who is this guy? I can't believe, why would he associate himself with people like that? And Jesus responded to them and he said that this way in the book of Luke, he says, listen, it's not the healthy that need a doctor but it's the sick. It's not people that have their life all together. I know there are some people here at Radiant Church, your, your, your marriage is perfect, your, your job is perfect, your, your attitude is perfect, but I, I think you're lying to us. I think the, the true story is every single person in here, you got some area of your life that's sick, that's broken, that's struggling, and I'm glad we're in a safe place today to come to a wonderful counselor to find the healing and the wholeness that he wants us to have. Amen, church? It's just what we can do. So, so the question is, is, is simply this. And I put some lines in your notes because I want you to fill it out. Simply, where are you sick? Honestly, I want you to think about it. The only wrong answer to that question is when you write nothing. Because I think there's some people, you, you've deceived yourself so much to thinking, oh, I got it all together. You don't have it all together. I don't have it all together. We tell people all the time in our church, if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue. You're, you're that messed up to where you don't think you do. And if you really, honestly, if you honestly think you don't have issues, ask the people closest to you. If they're honest, they will show you what your issues are. We all know what they are. You're just not telling you. And we all have these things. And honestly, we need to be able to be honest and vulnerable. And here's why. Write it down. Because listen to this. Listen. Because you will never change what you're unwilling to confront. And there's way too many people, they're unwilling to confront their issues and how they talk to their spouse and how they go through relationship after relationship and how, how they're dealing with that addiction. And because they're unwilling to confront it, they'll never experience the change that God has for their life. But that's why the prophet says, listen, before Jesus ever came, hey, guess who's coming on the scene? You're gonna have a wonderful counselor that you can boldly go to as believers so that you can change to be all that God wants you to be. He's available for us today. Can we give him a little bit of praise, amen? He's a wonderful counselor. So I got my counseling couch out here today, and I've got a moment that I, I just think it'd be vulnerable. I mean, it's just me and you today, so I think we can have a moment where, where I can tell you what it's like when I go to a counselor, um, some lessons I've learned, and honestly, they're lessons that I think you can learn when you come to Jesus so that you can experience the victory from our wonderful counselor. So normally, if you go to a counseling session, you sit on a couch like this, or you lay down like this. You have your moment. Come on, we've all had this before sometime in our life where they're just like, so tell me what's going on. And then you're, you, you have a choice at this moment. And here's number one. Write it down in your notes. If you want to experience true freedom from our, uh, by our, that's available through our wonderful counsel, here's the first thing. Ready? Is that you've got to learn to be brutally honest with the counselor. You get that? Brutally honest. Because there's so many people, they'll come to my office, they'll come to a counselor's office, a therapist's office, a doctor's office, and here's what they do. They sit in a chair like this and they go, well, what's wrong? And they start talking about how everything's great. 
They try, uh, just trying, it's, it's weird where we try to impress the counselor. It, it's bizarre to me. Like, like they come to me and uh, stuff is going on and they'll spend the first 15 minutes of the meeting talking about how great life is. Like I wonder how many times we do that with God. Where we have these moments where we come to God and we're like, well, God, we got it all together. Life is good. You know, my, my job is good. I, I, I gave in legacy. I'm able to help that, that person. I, and we're trying to, like, impress God with our strengths. And God's not impressed with our strengths. God, God is impressed with our honesty. God is impressed with our vulnerability. I, I, there was a moment in scriptures where Jesus is on this journey, and he comes across a woman who's got massive relationship issues like lots and lots of relationship issues and so she has this moment where she she's confronted with the the wonderful counselor so they're having this counseling session in the middle of town and so they're having this moment and Jesus looks at her and says hey listen I know we're talking here why don't you do this why don't you go home go go get your husband and come back and we'll meet together all of us let's let's deal with your relationship issues and this lady has a moment where she can either be vulnerable and real with God, or she can hide and try to impress him. And she could have lied. She could have said, well, my husband's gone on business, or he's working right now, we can't make it happen. But in that moment, she replied to him and says, I don't have a husband. I, I, I don't have a husband. So she was honest. Now, she wasn't fully honest, but she's at least opened up a little bit. I think today is a day across Tampa Bay where there's some people who've had a wall up for years and years and years, and you're just gonna open up just a little bit to the wonderful counselor that wants to speak into your life. You're gonna open up a little, and if you just crack that door a little bit, you'll watch how he'll step into your life. So she opens up a little bit. I don't have a husband. So she doesn't, she doesn't lie, and Jesus responds to her, and he says, he says what you've said is true. You actually don't have one husband. You had five husbands, and the guy you're sleeping with right now, he ain't even your husband. That lady's sitting there like, oh no, who is this guy? Actually, the Bible's really funny, because the Bible, she responds to him. That's what, you gotta read the Bible. And she responds to him with, with oh, I see, sir, that you are a prophet. Uh, you know something that's going on in my life. Like, and and, and here's, here's what I want you to know, is Jesus knows your issues. You, you don't have to try to impress him. He can see through all the lies. This is what I want you to understand, is he doesn't need you to be honest for his sake. He needs you to be honest for your sake. Write it down in your notes this way. Ready? Because you are as healthy as you are honest. I wonder how many people in here today, you, you, you would be healthier if you were honest about the state of that marriage. You're honest of how those finances are falling apart. If you were honest about the last time you really prayed, if you were honest about what is going on in your mind, if you're honest about what you're looking at on your phone, we've gotta get to a place where we're more honest because you will always be as sick as you are secret. Whew, that's good preaching, Aaron, I know. I've got your back, I know. But, and and here, here's why. You go, well, Aaron, why is honesty so huge? Here's why it's so huge. Write it on your notes this way. Because God cannot heal what you're trying to hide. And so, so God brings you into this, this counseling session. Maybe it's in the mornings when you're praying or in your car or right here in church and you're laying down and he, he's having this moment and you're going, okay, God's like, what's going on? And you're like, everything's fine. Don't you hate the everything's fine answers? Like, it drives me nuts. Like everything's good? Yeah, good. Well, just bless the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. God is good all the time. Like, no, no, be real. 
Be honest. Listen, listen, this is why the scriptures tell us we can cast our cares on the Lord. He will sustain us. He will never let the, the righteous be shaken. I love that verse. When I'm at a place where my issues are so great, I gotta be vulnerable. God, I don't know how I can overcome this addiction. I don't know how I can see through, through this. I don't see how that financial miracle is gonna happen. There's moments, can I be very real with you today? We're vulnerable, Aaron Burke. There's moments where I felt such discouragement through a loss of a loved one or a struggle in my own life that I've had questions where I've sat there and go, God, I don't even feel like you're near me at all right now. I, I don't even feel like you're around. Like, God, God, sometimes I doubt even, God, are you good? And we, in those moments that we're honest with our counselor, that's when healing starts in your life. I want you to open up today to say, you know what? I don't, I'm not sure if I have it all figured out, but I'm just gonna make sure I'm as honest and vulnerable as I can be and watch how he'll heal your life. That is the counselor that we have in Jesus. Can I get a better amen than that today, church? All right, number two, this is a big one because when you're on this counseling session, you've got to learn to be brutally honest, but number two, write it down in your notes, you need to learn to listen to what the, to the counselor's voice. Now this is huge because I wanna remind you that God's given you two ears and one mouth because you need to be listening twice as much as you talk. And all of us, honestly, all of us, our relationships would be so much better if we learned to listen a little bit better. And I'm telling you that from experience. Because I, I, think, I think we all just talk too much. And we really, a lot of us, our prayer times are us talking to God too much. When God wants to speak to you, I want you to know God is speaking all the time. He's speaking through his word. Every time I open up his word, God is speaking to me through it. You just gotta, you gotta tune yourself into going, God, are you speaking right now in this moment? Are you speaking in this situation? God speaks through people. God speaks through me. I think some of you, it's, it's shocking. Three people can come up to me after a service and say, Pastor Aaron, that one thing really you know, hit home or that one place really spoke to me. And three people can tell me three totally different things that they heard from the exact same message. Why? Because it's not me speaking, it's God speaking and he knows what you're going through in your life right now. So that's why it's so important that we always receive God's word because he's speaking. He, let me tell you this, he's speaking through your spouse. Some of y'all are nudging each other right now. See, I told you. Like he's speaking through it. He does. He speaks through people all the time. I've said it this way. The voice of the Holy Spirit sounds just like Katie Burke. All the time. All the time. Aaron, don't post that online. All right, all right, all right. You know, Aaron, there was about four jokes I had in my sermon today. I was going over the message with Katie, and she's like, Aaron, you can't say that. But it's funny. She said, no, you can't say You're going to offend some people. Well, they should be offended anyway. You know, she's like, but no, that's why our church is better, because of Katie. Like, my life is better. God speaks through those things. Like, God speaks through your critics sometimes. No, 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 those haters. No, no, no. There aren't haters. Sometimes you just do stupid stuff that you need some people in your life to say, that's not right. You need, a, you need some direction and some correction. Write it on your notes this way. God is speaking. He is speaking. All that. Some of you, he's speaking through the current circumstance you're in right now in your life. He's speaking. You, the, the question, though, is, it's not that is God speaking. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? And, and we gotta get to a place where we're not gonna sit there and just go, I'm gonna do life my own way, I'm gonna deal with things my own way. Listen, if you try to deal with all of your issues your way, that makes you God, 
not him. That is why we cast our cares on him, because he is far more capable of dealing with our issues than we are. So let me encourage some people in here today. Learn to lean into God's voice he's speaking to you. The Bible says it like this. Jesus himself said, my sheep, listen to my voice. That is what we are. We are the sheep that say, okay, our shepherd's going to guide us. He's going to lead us. He's going to help us, and we're going to get stronger, and we're going to have better relationships because of 2020, your number one goal should be this. Ready? I'm going to learn to hear God's voice better than I do right now. I'm going to recognize it in my situation. I'm going to recognize it when I read God's word. You'll see my life, the fruit of my life, the, the results of my life, that anything that's good is simply the fact that I listen to God over myself. And if you want to do something great with your life, learn to listen to God's voice. It's super important. Number three, and we'll close out with this one. The worship teams can come. Is you don't just have to listen to God's voice. Because let me just be very, can I just vent for two seconds? All right, ready? I've had so many people sit down in my office. And they'll, 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 tell, they'll be brutally honest. Brutally honest. Then, and then, then they'll listen to what I have to say. And there's nothing more frustrating. Parents, you know this. Teachers, you know this. Coaches, you know this. When someone sits there and, and you give them their advice and they do nothing with it. Because listening to God's voice is not the only thing that, that it takes to change your life. If you're gonna sit down and you're gonna have a moment where you have your great counselor sitting there and he's, you're brutally honest, you're listening to him, the number three, write it on your notes this way, is that you gotta learn to do what the counselor tells you to do. So it's not just about I'm going to listen to it, it's I'm gonna put it into to practice. And it's shocking to me how many people want the outcome that I present without the obedience it takes to get there. Everybody wants the blessings from God without the burdens of the rules that it takes to get there. So I'm just gonna encourage you a little bit today. Are you obedient to what God tells you to do? This is why, listen, just simply hearing, just simply going to church won't change your life. It's doing what God says will change your life. Yeah, Jesus said it this way. He says, listen, for anybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You've heard this before. And the rains came down. It's a different song, but you got the idea. And the rains came down and the house on the rock stood firm. I love this. So it shows me this, everybody's attention, listen. No matter how bad the storm is that comes your way, you can build your life on a rock that can sustain whatever this world throws at you. But then he says, but then there's another man who listened, but he didn't do anything. He went to church, he maybe even took the notes. He didn't apply anything to his life. It's like, it's like a foolish man, that's a, that's a harsh word, who builds his house on the sand. And the rains came down, the floods came up, and the house on the sand went splat. That is the story of so many of your lives right now. Because you go from disaster to disaster to disaster because your house is not built on the rock. Now, I've taught this at, at conferences to pastors all over the world, and I'll say this statement. So what is the rock we build our, our house on? And everybody always says it in unison, the same answer to the question, because it's the qu answer you learn in Sunday school, and it is Jesus. Come on, say, say it together. What is the rock? Jesus. And the answer is wrong. Wrong. 
I'm messing up all your theology right now because some of you are going, oh my gosh, when I, I learned all this in, in, in Sunday school and you're messing it up. Aaron, what is the rock? Let me show you it again. Matthew chapter seven. Therefore, anybody who hears these words of mine and then puts them to practice, that is like a man who builds his house on the rock. Here's what the rock is. The rock is the application of God's word. So it's not just I'm gonna hear it, it's I'm gonna do it. So I'm not gonna just hear how I do relationships, I'm gonna do it God's way even though it's tough. I'm not gonna just hear how to deal with my finances, I'm gonna do it God's way even when it's difficult. I'm not gonna just hear how to pray, I'm gonna do it in my life and watch how when the storms come against you, it doesn't matter because your life is built on the rock. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. So write it down, last fill in the blank. Because many of you guys want to experience all that God has for your life, and I want you to experience the same. Here's what you got to understand. The only way to experience God's will is to do life God's way. What if your vision for 2020 needs to change right now and just say, I'm just going to start doing life God's way. In my relationship, in my finances, in my life, I'm going to do life God's way. And I know what you're thinking because you're thinking like me, but Aaron, if I do it, what if I fail? What if I try to do it God's way and it doesn't work out? I know that struggle. Because we've all gone to the counselor. He's told us what to do. She's told us what to do. And he walked out there and go, I just don't have the energy. I don't have the drive. I don't have the power to make it happen. Let me get your attention for just a second. That is why his name did not end with wonderful counselor. Because you're in this moment right now and you're laying on the couch and you're sitting there going, all right, I got a wonderful counselor. He's telling me everything I'm supposed to do. But the name doesn't end there because he's not only our wonderful counselor. Put that verse up again. He is also our mighty God. So that shows me that anything he tells me to do, he will empower me to do it because he will give me the strength, he will give me the energy, he will give me the drive to make it happen in my life. That is the wonderful God that we have. It reminds me when I was, uh, I had, uh, my dad had this little camp out in the woods in nowhere, and so he would get these four-wheelers, we'd go and drive them. He brought a brand new one. I was all excited about it. I said, Dad, can I drive it? 17 years old. He said, yeah, but don't get it stuck. Don't mess it up. I said, all right. So about three minutes into this thing, I'm driving around, and I look over and see this mud hole. Come on. It's a 17-year-old guy on a brand new four-wheeler. You're going into that mud hole right there. So it's this big mud pit. I'm all excited. And so I was like, ah, forget about what my dad said. And went into the mud pit, was all over into the mud pit. Within a matter of a couple minutes, the thing sinks to the ground. There's no way. I'm spending 45 minutes of my time. I've got every bit of pride, every bit of energy. Going, I'm going to get this thing out. My dad can't know. I'll wash it off. I made a big mistake. And I tried my hardest. I could not get it out of that hole right there. So I finally swallowed my pride. And I said, the only way I could do this I gotta go tell my dad. I gotta go tell him, like, his, his four-wheeler's gone. It's a big mistake. I made a mistake. I need to own up to it. So I swallow my pride. I walk, the, you know, the, the 10 or 15 minutes back to the, to the little cabin. I go, Dad, I just want you to know I made a big mistake. I went off the path. I didn't do what you were told me to do. And I sank that four-wheeler, and it is literally sitting in a mud pit, and I can't get it out of there. He says, well, that's a big fail. I said, yeah, I know. That's a bummer. You should have listened to me. I know I should have listened to you. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. He goes, well, you got good news. The good news is you're telling somebody that can do something about it. 
And I'll never forget him grabbing a chain, getting in his four by four truck, driving down there. And what took me 45 minutes and I couldn't even budget, he just takes a chain, hooks it up to it, and within a matter of a minute, he's pulled that thing out of the hole. I want you to know today, many of you guys, you've tried to do it on your own strength for far too long, and you're going to a wonderful counselor to finally confess, to go, I can't do it any longer, and he's responding by, well, I'm not just your wonderful counselor, I am your mighty God who's willing to step onto the scene and say, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to pull you out of it quicker than you ever could, greater than you ever could. That is the Jesus that we serve. That's the wonderful counselor. That is the mighty God. And we should give him the praise and the honor and the worship at every location. Stand to your feet. Let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, sing it out. Sing it. Oh, has a name. His name is Jesus. Our Savior's now this is a special moment with nobody moving around at every location this is a moment of healing with every eye closed just have that moment with you and God the wonderful counselor is listening to you right now will you be brutally honest with him just tell him say God I'm sick in this area I'm, I'm struggling in that marriage I'm, I'm struggling in my health right now just be brutally honest with him watch how the healing comes as soon as you get honest with him just have that moment all over every location. Brandon, have that moment right now with you and Jesus. Many of you guys, it's been a long time since you've opened up to God. Just say, God, I need, you to, I need you to change my life. With every eye closed, every head bowed, there's another group in here today. While you're, doing, while you're doing this work with God, there's another group in here today. You're far away from Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. You're like that four-wheeler. You're stuck in the mud. You can't get out. I want you to know that's why Jesus came. He came so that he could get in our mess with us get close with us, and bring us into the victory. That's why he died on the cross for you, so that he could help you overcome what we could never overcome, which is sin, hell, and the grave. And now is your decision to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm gonna give you my life, I'm gonna give you my sin, I'm gonna give you my past, and everything's gonna change in this moment. If that's you today, and you say, today's my day of salvation, today's my day where I give my life to Jesus, on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down. Ready, one, two, three. Throw those hands up at every location. I see dozens of hands in here. Other people at Brandon, at the Heights, at St. Pete, just throw that hand, wave it at me, put it right back down. You know who you are, you're, you made, you're making that decision right there in your seat. Just say, God, I give you everything. Just pray this prayer, say, God, I give you my sin, I give you my past, I give you my issues. Today, Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. For the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you. It's my wonderful counselor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate for those that just made the best decision of their life? All right, you can be seated. We're almost done. At every location, I want you to do this. If you made that decision, check that connection card. 
check on there, I committed my life to Christ. We're gonna send you some resources. We're gonna help you on this journey so that you can be all that God has called you to be. And Radiant Church, while, while the guests are filling out those connection cards, we're gonna worship God through our generosity. Thank you for being so generous. Thank you for filling out those pledge cards. You can drop them in the buckets as soon as we pass them in just a second. And I really believe God is gonna do amazing things through your finances in 2020 as you put God first. Thank you for being faithful tithers and givers. Three ways to give right here in the service are online. And uh, you can get to Legacy online throughout till the end of this year. And then we're excited. I'll announce all the results of that January 5th. Lord, bless this offering. Bless the faithful givers of our church. Lord, you have done amazing things in their life. And I pray that you have blessed them in supernatural ways as they honor you and put you first in their finances. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says... Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.